0: My, my wife said that she hopes that a, a special occasion with the Lord would involve creme brulee sometime soon. So, <laughs> yeah, I I would echo that. And my um, yeah, my heart is full. I uh, yeah, I, I've told you guys we we started a sermon series called The Circle Maker, and it's based off a book and in uh, curriculum by Mark Batterson out of Washington D.C. And, uh, and, I'm, and I'm using some of that this morning, but I just, as I was just in prayer this week, I just, just felt uh, the need to kind of uh, take a little bit of a left turn and, um, and that there was, there was some other things that the Lord wanted to do. So we're going to be, be in that, but just a little bit different angle than where, but you guys wouldn't know that because, um, uh, anyways, so I guess I didn't even need to say it. Um, uh, today, um, the title of the message is His Hand or His Face. And uh, i'm gonna I want to do a little bit of a recap last week I didn't have a walking stick and so thank you gay for letting me use yours um, we started out last week um, launching the circle maker um, series talking about honey the circle maker everyone la- remember honey last week honey the circle maker and he uh, um, he was an eccentric um, sage that lived just out of Jerusalem, uh, right towards the end of, you know, you have the Old Testament and the New Testament. And in between the two Testaments, it was about 400 years of the, the scholars call the silent period because there was just no uh, recorded word of the Lord. And, um, and so right towards the end of that time, the generation before Jesus, Honi lived, and, he, um, and, and it, there was a drought in the land. Um, In fact, it was so devastating that it could have uh, even wiped out um, that generation. And he went out outside the walls of Jerusalem and he drew a circle in the sand with with his walking stick. He drew a circle and then he dropped to his knees with his hands raised and prayed for rain. And he made some bold declarations to the Lord like, I'm not leaving this circle until rain comes. Like, how many of you would do that? <laughs> right, me too. I'm like, oh man, what a bold prayer, and 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 almost seeming foolish, right? In, in some ways, like you either have to know your God really well, or I would say that's probably be the good. That probably be a good part, yeah. Because man, otherwise, you're just a weird man sitting in a circle. Praying, and there was a crowd that gathered. And if you were here last week, you know the story that that pretty soon raindrops started coming, and then he he said he basically said to the Lord, um, "I'm not. I didn't just ask for just some raindrops. I'm asking that you would just pour it out." So he poured it out so much so that it was like flooding, and people were escaping to high places. And and he and then Honey went back with another prayer, and he said, "Let me refine that a little bit. I, how about just a gentle." constant stream and and the lord responded in such a way i challenged us to just like Honey in a prayer of faith that we would start praying bold prayers that we would make our prayer list and man and i did i've started it And, and and prayer lists grow and they ebb and they flow but man there's things on my list there's there's people anyone praying for people people that need to know jesus and anybody make your where you drew a circle and you just like god i mean this is so this person they need encountered by you they need they need your your word they need saved anybody maybe it was health issues or something that you were praying for or somebody maybe there's some financial breakthrough maybe there's some maybe there's something you're wanting the lord to do in this church there's been things i've been praying for in this church but we started that we started that um and and a lot of times uh what we find is um, there's a timing element to these miracles, isn't there? Any of you love it when it just happens like that? Like just boom, like you pray and it's like barely before it touches the ceiling, like the answer comes. Anyone like that? Yeah, come on, I like that. Anybody like the miracles that like take about 14 years to... <laughs> no, don't like those ones. There's a timing thing. It reminds me of the man who was sizing up God by um, asking him, God, how long is a million years to you? God said, a million years is like a second. The man asked, well, how much is a million dollars to you? He said, well, a million dollars is like a penny. The man smiled and said, could you spare a penny? God smiled, God smiled back and said, well, just wait a second. <laughs> right, so God's timing is a little bit different than our timing, Right. Here's the main thought today. If big faith isn't sourced in deep relationship with God, then it becomes just a mental exercise. If big faith isn't sourced in deep relationship with God, then it becomes just a a mental exercise. You'll you'll get some results, but the primary result that God's looking for um, isn't just that things happen that you pray for. His primary result is that there's closeness with you. And it's somehow, like out of that place, we just get the cart before the horse sometimes, and sometimes we treat him like a cosmic gumball machine in the sky where we can put a quarter in and just get an answer out. Like, that's what, like, like I just want to know God's will for my life or I just want this or I want that. And we, we, we put our prayer in like a quarter in the, in, in, you know, and we're, I was at the mall the other day and we were watching a little girl go up to the gumball machine. I didn't have a quarter. And so I, I have an epic dad fail and the and quarter goes in and the gumball goes around and around and around. And yes, yes. And she just put it in her mouth and chomped and went away. But well, we treat God like that sometimes. And so I thought, I man, in this series where, we're, where the goal is to stir up faith to believe for big things, could we, could we pause for a second and just say, first things first, that it would be sourced in deep relationship with God? He cares about my list. Do you guys know that he cares about my list? And he cares about your list. And, and he wants you to believe and to declare and all of those types. Of, like, he wants that. And he wants to partner with us. And and he cares about our list more than we care about our list. I think sometimes he holds back from me because he cares more about my heart sometimes. I think sometimes he's just waiting for me to get the main thing, the main thing. He's waiting for me to say, "Oh, oh, wait a minute. More than all of these things, I just want you. I just want you and I. Um, man, Kelly had mentioned that he might do that song um, to me, and I and I had totally forgot about it. And I, it came on. I'm like, that's my that's my message. Like, <laughs> that's totally a God thing. Are we seeking His hand or His face? Is it more about what He can do for us or? Is there a deep love relationship with him? I I like King David's heart in Psalm 27, verse 4. He says this, he says, One thing I ask from the Lord, this only do I seek, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life, to gaze on the beauty of the Lord and to seek him in his temple. So, you know, I'm kind of a logical thinker sometimes, I think about that verse and I mean, is that really what, was David saying, I only want to be physically in the temple forever from now on and, and I only want that, like this is it, from here on I am only going to be here in this place well, he didn't stay in that place, like he, he physically got up and, and left his heart was this first things first in fact, I could, if, I, if, if it was the Jonathan version, it would be everything else just pales in comparison to you, Lord. Nothing else matters as much as you. It was kind of like when Jesus uh, said to his disciples, if you come after me, it's like you must hate your family. Like, did he really mean hate your family? No, he's like, but in comparison to your love for me, it's like you hate everything else. And so King David's saying, man, one thing, one thing I want, one thing I ask, man, to dwell in your house forever, to gaze upon in other words, instead of seeking your hand, I'm seeking your face. There's a story in numbers 11 that that caught my attention if you're uh, if you want to read i 'm um, not going to go through the whole story, but this that 'd be a good place to mark and to even just read this week. after about four hundred years of slavery, God delivers the Israelites out of Egypt. That was a good thing. That was a good day, big deal and um, But how many know it 's much harder to get um, Egypt out of the Israelites than getting Israelites out of Egypt yeah that 's how it is for us too sometimes. Despite the memories of slavery and miracles of deliverance, the Israelites, they wanted to go back to Egypt. They were, they were out of Egypt. They had, they, you know, the Red Sea miracle, part the sea, walk through dry land, all that. Yep, been there, done that. And then they think, wait a minute, Egypt, oh, it was so great back in Egypt. We, um, and we, we, we criticize them, but you just wait. The people of israel began to complain and notice they begin to complain not not pray <laughs> not not contend not uh not not even just bring their their heart and their honest questions before the lord no no they begin to complain i i would encourage us even myself be careful how we pray is it a are we complaining to the lord or are we presenting a request before the lord so they begin to complain And this is how they they complained. They they would say stuff like, oh, for some meat, they exclaimed. We remember all the fish we ate, used to eat for free in Egypt, and we had all the cucumbers and melons and leeks. Leeks. Oh, let's go back to Egypt for that. Onions and garlic that we wanted but now our appetites are gone and day after day we have nothing to eat but this manna which is just really interesting to me they only got manna so they're complaining about one miracle while asking for another day after day we only have this miracle of provision so that we wouldn't starve in the wilderness oh my goodness You've just left us out here to die. Man. And so they started not asking for. They started complaining about what they didn't have. And they started complaining about meat. We want meat. Anybody want meat? We've got the meat. Yeah. We want meat. I can understand. I really could. I mean, I can understand the position they were in. I'm a meat eater. I am... Uh, I don't need. I don't want to uh, raise a hand about vegetarians or anything in here. I, we don't need. We don't. We don't need to go there right now. I, I like meat. I like all kinds of meat. Um, I like sauce with my meat. I like meat cooked without sauce. I like all. I mean, every every. In fact, I have you ever been to a Brazilian steakhouse? Oh man, have you ever been to a Brazilian steakhouse and you're sitting there and there's there's basically one rule: red light, green light. Red light means no more, green light means keep it coming. And they come around with this like skewer of a meat thing and they have this big knife and they just they just shave it off and you take your little tongs, they give tongs at the and you just take it off and more please and then then they come and and it's different types sometimes it might be chicken sometimes it might be beef sometimes it might be something and it could be marinated in this way and that way it could be filet mignon it could be like certainly do i need to go on oh it's so good so good so american But man talk about the selective memory that these Israelites had. They were longingly remembering for the free fish that they ate in Egypt and they uh, they were forgetting the little fact that the food was free because they weren't. They missed they missed the meat on the menu. And I just I just think this is ironic. Again, I mean they're complaining about one miracle and praying for her, no, complaining for her another miracle in fact their capacity for complaining was so outstanding and we we scoff at the israelites right we're like can you believe them and yet yet we do the same thing we really do and and, and maybe maybe we don't voice the same words but man there are times how many know that there are so many ways that the lord has come through for us man can I bet if we went through here and we went through the last however many years, I bet if we wrote down, we could come up with testimony after testimony, the little things to the big things. I mean, there's the things that we don't even notice, like like that, like the like the earth is spinning. You know, what is it like, like a thousand miles an hour, and and it, 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 and it's orbiting. But I don't, Kelly, tell me, was it like sixty-seven thousand miles an hour, or something like that? I mean, like we. What a miracle! I've heard it before. Like if the Earth tilted like one degree to you know to the left, we'd all burn up or freeze up. And one degree to the right, we'd all burn. But we, in fact, so this is what happens: is that there are so many things that God does for us that it becomes just like normal. It becomes just like like oh 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 that's just manna. That's just that's just the manna miracle. I want the meat. And I think where the Lord was going here was was man, do you want me? Do you want my face? Or you don't, do you want my hand? Man, he cares about my desires. Man, he cares about my desires. He cares about your desires. That's not what these people, that's not where they were at. Man, these guys were just a bunch of complainers. They weren't grateful. Man, they were they they hear a message about honey the circle maker and they're like, that's a good idea. Let's circle this and ask for meat. i like, give me a stick. And their heart was far from him. So God, um, Numbers 11, God responds to their food tantrum with one of the most unfathomable miracles in Scripture. I want to share this with you. It's really interesting. He doesn't just promise a one-course meal of meat. God promises meat for a whole month for every single meal for that month. And uh, Moses can hardly believe it. He actually says something like this. He says, here I am among 600,000 men on foot and you say, I'll give you meat to eat for a whole month. Would would they have enough flocks and herds to be slaughtered? Would there be enough fish in all the sea to be caught for them like how where do you think you're going to come up with this god like Moses now Moses' heart is more in the right place than everybody else but but he's like how could you even do this there's no way there's not enough there's not enough meat well god has something up his sleeve the bible talks about a a wind that went out from the lord and drove the quail in from the sea it scattered them up um, to two cubits deep all around the camp as far as a day's walk in any direction. And so the people would would then go out and gather. The Israelites were, had parked themselves in the wilderness of Paran. It's a region about 50 miles inland um, from the Mediterranean Sea and then about 50 miles, I think, like southwest of the... Um, of the Dead Sea, and so looking at this, it's really interesting to know about quail. Then, right? Um, because uh, quail tend to live by water, and they don't fly long distances. And so, if it weren't for a supernatural west wind, they would have never made it that far inland. And. So a day's walk is approximately about 15 miles when you when you take in uh, to like Hebrew calculations, it would be about 15 miles. And so when you take 15 miles, and then and then as I was reading, I honestly didn't do the calculation. Um, that would be a whole another gift set. Um, but I, I read and trust the source of the calculation that we're really coming up with about with about a 700 um, mile a square mile uh, radius that we're just looking at this, and we're like, okay, so look at 700 square miles of quail. So Kearney, Nebraska is 14.35 square miles. Look that one up. on, on the, You can Google it. I, I did. Kearney, Nebraska is 14.35 square miles, and so as I, and I did calculate this, almost 50 times larger is this 700 square mile. So we're looking at the area, look at Kearney, just Kearney, Nebraska, and you think, what a miracle for quail to just be everywhere. Now go out and pick some up. Think about 700 square miles. Do you imagine this miracle? It's, in, it's incredible. Can you imagine seeing that many birds fly into camp? It was a bird blizzard. The cloud of birds was so massive that it seemed like a solar eclipse. And then once the quail stopped falling, the Israelites started gathering, and they, they each gathered no less than 10 homers. And um, 10 homers multiplied by 600,000 men equals about 6 million homers at a, mi- at a minimum. And then when you calculate all this out, and what, all right? Would, would you guys believe me about the, the math and all of this? Okay, about 105 million quail. Whoa, what a miracle what a miracle man they circled and they got what they wanted so the moral of the story is get your sick stick and make some circles and start asking for anything that you want right the story goes on because here's the thing this wasn't god's will This was an answer to their complaining. This wasn't wasn't in God's heart. They had just complained and complained and complained. If you've ever been a parent, (laughs) fine. Have it your way, right? Now, we know that God doesn't lose his temper. We know that God's not, not an emotional creature up and down, up and down. But he got to this place where he was fed up. With the children of Israel, and there were multiple times on this journey that he was like that with them. But this is this was really the answer that God had for them. Watch this, Numbers eleven. It's going to be on the screen, verse eighteen. This is what God says: Tell the people, consecrate yourselves in preparation for tomorrow, when you will eat meat. The Lord heard you when you wailed. If only we had meat to eat, we were better off in Egypt. Now the Lord will give you meat. And you will eat it. You will, not, you will not eat it for just one day or two days or five or ten or twenty days, but for a whole month until it comes out of your nostrils and you loathe it. That's Bible. That's straight up Bible. I love it when the Bible's funny. Because you have rejected the Lord who is among you and have wailed before him, saying, Why did we ever leave? And so God gave them what they wanted. I think there's sometimes that we're praying or complaining, whichever one. And man, it'd be a good thing for us to not get what we're praying for. God gave them what they wanted. What are you complaining about instead of praying about? Are you praying your will or God's will? Now this is interesting to me because I don't always know. Do do you I mean do you always know like if it's your will or God's will? No. So this is this is this is just what I do. Because I feel like it's sometimes foggy. Uh and I just go before the Lord and I say, "God, th- this is my confession. God, it feels a little foggy. Lord, I don't know if this is your will or my will." I, I just I want, it, I, I want to be in alignment with you. This, I'm, I'm presenting my request before you. My heart says, but listen, even with that confession, doesn't that say that my heart's in the right place? Even as I start to confess, Lord, I don't know. Do you know who else modeled this type of a prayer? Jesus. Oh, yeah. Yeah, remember the prayer where he said, I'd rather not save the world. remember that prayer when he said he said he said father if it be your will take this cup from me this doesn't this doesn't look like it's going to go well for me in a few hours aren't you glad God didn't answer that prayer aren't you glad that God didn't answer that whatever was in that circle but Jesus said father not my will your will Be done. I think that's got to be where our heart is, where we live in this tension, where we make our list and we contend for things, but we, in our heart, we're saying, God, man, I I can only see what's right in front of my face. Isaiah 55 says that your ways are higher than my ways and your thoughts are higher than my thoughts and, and, and so Lord you see the like the, the end and the beginning and everything that's all happening for you in an eternal now and I only see this and so with my limited understanding my limited ability I, I submit my request to you and I think I'm right but I really don't know. I oh God I just want you. I just want you. There's this place, because we can pendulum swing this thing all over, right? There's some people that take this attitude and don't pray for anything because it's just whatever God's will is. How many know that that's wrong? I mean, that's wrong. When he tells us to pray, he tells us to declare, he tells us to believe in faith, to to draw these, these circles and to stand in it. I mean, we see that all throughout Scripture. There's so many examples. What's the difference? The difference is, is my faith? rooted in a deep relationship with god or is he just a cosmic gumball machine where i'm putting a quarter in that's the difference do you know him do you know him is he your father is he your jesus are you in relationship with each other and to the degree that you're in relationship i say pray bold prayers ask like a little child Come before him, like like you can get whatever you want, basically, if you have a relationship with it. I know they come on, and someone's gonna say, "Well, Pastor Jonathan," but really, my kids come to me, and they expect. My kids come to me, and they 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 know how to approach their dad. There was another story in. In, uh, in Exodus and it was the same, same group of people as Moses and, and the Israelites and man the Israelites my goodness we can learn so much from them what not to do and they're on this journey coming away from Egypt again and uh, bottom line they were just being a bunch of complainers whining and complaining once again and God got fed up with them and he says this he says um, in Exodus 33 verse 3 I think it's on the screen he says go up to the land flowing with milk and honey that's the promised land he says but I will not go with you because you are a stiff-necked people and I might destroy you on the way You can have the promise, but I'm not going. Because if I go with you, I might destroy you along the way. In other words, sometimes his presence comes and in relationship. It's so sweet and it's nice because he's close and we have relationship. Sometimes his presence comes and it actually kills stuff. It kills flesh and it kills uh, preconceived ideas and it kills all of these other things. And he's like, if I go with you, there's going to be way too much damage. (laughs) So I'm not going to go with you. He tells him he's just going to send an angel to go with him. And Moses uh, wasn't satisfied with that. So you have the Israelites and you have Moses. Man. Moses had quirks. Moses had um, faults. But man, somewhere along the line, Moses got it. Moses got the fact that I just want him. Watch this. Exodus 33, starting in verse 14. The Lord replied, My presence will go with you. And this is after Moses and him are talking and and he's contending. and Like, I just want your presence. And my presence will go with you and I will give you rest. Then Moses said to him, If your presence does not go with us, do not send us up from here. How will anyone know that you are pleased with me and your people unless you go with us? What else will distinguish me and your people from all other people on the face of the earth? And the Lord said to Moses, I will do the very thing you have asked because I am pleased with you. Man. Man, I know that, I mean, the Lord doesn't necessarily work in formulas, but to me, that's got to be at least one element of that prayer circle. I'll do everything you ask because I'm pleased with you. I'll do everything that you asked because I'm pleased with you. And I know you by name. And then Moses said that. I mean, Moses always pushes the envelope. Honey pushed the envelope. Moses pushes the envelope. He got a little bit of rain. Honey's like, I want more. Pfft. Not that much. Moses gets what he was praying for. God says, I'm going to go with you. And Moses says, wait a minute. Can we up the ante just a little bit? Will you show me your glory? Will you show me your glory? And these next verses are about God doing just that. God answering that. When my glory passes by I will put you in a cleft in the rock and cover you with my hand until I have passed by then I will remove my hand and you will see my back but my face must not be seen amazing amazing and so do you want his hand or do you want his face because if you want his hand you die Or his face, I'm sorry. That would have gone a whole lot better if I said the right word. If you want his face, you die. Man, wow. I think it's good stuff. Man, I want his face. I don't always... I don't always, man, I don't always. I was, I was pacing in here. I do encourage you, uh, break your routine sometime this week and the next couple of weeks. Would you break your routine and come out early morning, 6 a.m. or come out in the evening, 6 p.m. or, or at lunchtime? We've had people all to the different time slots just kind of trickle in. Um, but would you, would you just say, okay, I can do that once this week or a couple of times. Would you do that? Come out. One of those times I was out here and I was just pacing and, uh, and I was confessing to the lord i was just saying god um man i i want you and i don't know how you know i i want to feel you and i don't and i want to hear you and i'm not and and uh, i'm like and uh, you know just like a uh, you know how sometimes you pray things and you already know the answer but you just pray them anyways i, I did i'm like uh, i'm like man I, I feel like i feel like you're just playing games you know with me and you know, i knew he wasn't but i just need he already knew that i was going to want to say that and so i just said it anyways and I feel like you're just playing games and like like how there has to be a way like i mean is there a formula for this thing for us to just and I found myself like like drawing like the the biggest circle of my prayer list was just wanting him, and I just said, god how lord what what do we have to do and i felt like like in my spirit it wasn't an audible voice, but it was just in my spirit, I felt like the Lord says, you'll seek me and you'll find me when you seek me with all your heart. Jeremiah 29, 13. So I went to my Bible and I, and I underlined all your heart. And I said, so what's that mean? <laughs> and I'll tell you this. I'm on a journey even during this prayer and fasting time of, of figuring out what that means. I don't know exactly what the whole thing means. I know some of it. I know some of the things are going to be similar for all of us and then it's going to be a little bit different for each of you. I know some of it has to do with all my attention. I know some of it has to do with with time. I was talking with somebody recently, um is it is it like quantity of time or is it quality of time? And I'm like, "Well, what do you what do you want to know?" Like like how much time do you really have to spend with them, or are you like where where are we where are we at with right what are we talking about you know and I'd say, yeah, you're right, it's more about quality of time, but somehow quality of time also takes time. I was talking to my uncle Rick one day years ago and and i said i said i said uncle Rick, you um man, you're like a you you're like a man of prayer, you have like a whole like prayer ministry like like how how much time do you think like I should pray like every day? Like how much t- like how much time should I pray? And he's like, Well, you pray till you have a breakthrough. I'm like, all right. He's like, sometimes it's moments and sometimes it's hours. <laughs> he's like, there's not like a there's not like a formula for this, Jonathan. I'm like trying to find the formula. I just want him. Could that be our heart? that we just want him pastor kelly you can come there's lots of uh, there's lots of things on my prayer list um now i'm praying for the church you know i've been praying that god would fill in this landslide back here behind the church i've been praying for god to pave the parking lot everyone say woohoo pave the parking lot and i've been praying for um yeah hey i'll i'll be vulnerable with you i'll tell you something i've been praying for and uh um, just as a, as a step of, of faith, uh, I've been praying for 30 people to come to know Jesus and get plugged into this church this year. I'm like, Lord, I don't know how that's going to happen. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know what I don't know what we're going to do. But, Lord, whatever you need me to do, or whatever you need to do, Lord, I'm just contending. That's part of my prayer circle. You know, I've been, I've been praying for all kinds of stuff. I've been, um, you guys know, like I've been praying for revival for a long time. Ever since I was 16 years old, I've been praying for revival. And I've, I've been contending for revival in this church. And, and whatever that looks like, smells like, feels like, tastes like, whatever. I've been praying for that. And do you know what I, I wrote in my journal this week? I said, I said, Lord, I want you more than revival. Lord, I want you more than Revival. So I don't know what the biggest thing is on your list. But maybe your heart could be, I just want you. I just want you. I just want you. Hopefully this all makes sense to you this morning. Let's uh, stand. This is what I want us to do today Um in, in a little bit, there'll be there'll be some prayer teams. If you need um, prayer for anything, um, we'll have some prayer teams up here, and you can you can come and and they'll they'll partner with you and pray. And you can tell them even man, there's this thing I've been circling, and I want and I want breakthrough in this thing, and they'll pray with you. But it's a it's a 11. Was it 11:17? I don't know if that clock's right or not. Could this room, maybe even up here? Maybe some of us need to leave our seat. No one's going to touch you. Could you find a place in here as we sing this song again and could we just say I just want you? Could we confess that to the Lord? Could we get on our knees? Maybe maybe there's things on your prayer list you're like, "Oh yeah, you're right. I've been I've been wanting that even maybe even more than I've been wanting you." And I and I just want to flip that. Just want to flip that. Can we take a few minutes in here and respond to this message and this call that We just want him all over this place. Let's worship him. You might want to even come up here to the altar and kneel down. You might want to leave your seat. Let's let's worship to this for a minute.